Welcome into the season four premiere of the Platform Podcast. Took a little break to celebrate my son's birthday and to line up a few things for the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club Open here in October. The official date is now October 23rd. That is confirmed and locked in with the IKO. And we have also signed up our first two sponsors. Bellevator will be donating two belts for giving away as prizes at the event. And our friend from the earlier seasons of the Platform Podcast, Nikolai Pushlov from the Seattle Kettlebell Club and Pro Kettlebell will be providing kettlebells for the competition. So you'll be able to get your hands on a USA made kettlebell and give the new shape a try. They're going to be um, a little bit smaller than your standard bells. I will also have Kettlebell Kings bells available for people that are comfortable with the Kings, uh, but you'll have an opportunity to test out the new pro kettlebells and see which ones uh, work better for you. And that has been approved by the IKO. So either of them can be used on the platform in competition. I am incredibly excited. I hope to see you there. Now, on this week's episode of the Platform Podcast, I bring in Kate Clares. She is the owner and founder and CEO of The Athlete Lab, who will be hosting us. And in this episode, we get into her background, um, how The Athlete Lab really came to be, and the five functional healthcare pillars that they use as really the, the backbone of what they do there. It's an awesome conversation, and Kate has really done an amazing job building a community there and really having a holistic approach to fitness and wellness um, for her members. So I very much appreciate her approach and her mindset. And she's been a great friend uh, to the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club and to me uh, since, since I first met her. So she is fantastic. I hope you really enjoy this conversation. I also want to take a second to say that I'm very grateful that you listen to this podcast. If you haven't already, please be sure to leave a five star review and rating of the platform podcast in your app of choice and support our work by supporting the sponsors whose affiliate links you'll find in the episode notes. And if you want to step onto the platform and compete in kettlebell sport, please reach out to me. I help athletes of all levels reach their goals without wasting time using my integrated online coaching approach. You don't have to be in the Twin Cities. I can help you from anywhere in the world. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at Twin Cities Kettlebell Club or email me at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub at gmail.com. Now, let's step onto the platform with Kate Clears. Welcome into the Platform Podcast. My guest this week is Kate Clares. She is the owner of the Athlete Lab here in Little Canada, Minnesota, which is the sometimes home of the Twin Cities Kettlebell Club, previous to COVID especially. Um, She is a CrossFit Level 1 and Level 2 coach. She is a former full-time firefighter. She is a CrossFit Olympic weightlifting specialist. She is also a former acupuncturist uh, and way more credentials than I can possibly list out here. But let's just say that she has a breadth and wide, she has both breadth and depth in the world of wellness, fitness, and keeping people healthy. So Kate, thank you so much for coming on. I'm really excited to have you. Thanks for having me, Jordan. Great to be here. So let's just do a little bit on your backstory, because I I know you're not a huge fan of talking about yourself, but you are the guest. So we're going to talk a little bit about your backstory. (laughs) So um, let's start with, with your own backstory as far as like, how did you start with athletically what's your background athletically and then how did you get into being uh, a firefighter I guess we'll start with that uh yeah um I guess three sport athlete in high school and then in college um played rugby and basketball uh for a while and um so I guess as far as sports were concerned that was always a part of my my life um and I was at the tail end of, of my senior year in college down in uh, at UW-Milwaukee. And the plan was to become a um, park ranger. Like, I guess the whole dream, the initial dream was to move out west and be a park ranger and do the outdoors thing and, and so forth. Um, but uh, a guy that I was dating at the time was a police officer uh, in the uh, Milwaukee police force. And sort of out of nowhere, he, he had said, you know, Milwaukee's fire department is hiring. 
think you'd be good at it. And it never crossed my mind to be a firefighter whatsoever. Um, and I just over the course of the, the next couple of days, I thought about it and I started looking into it and um, realized that it had a lot of athleticism that was required for the job and um, just an active job. Uh, so I, I gravitated towards it and then branched out and looked at other cities that were hiring um, at the time and uh, found that St. Paul was hiring. And this is uh, before 2000. Um, and so I sort of threw my resume and application out to other cities and St. Paul's process was moving faster than, than the other ones. Um, and it ended up getting on the list for both Milwaukee and St. Paul um, and decided to pack my bags and move to the Twin Cities back in 2000 and start the academy. Um, and so that's, that was kind of the <laughs> spark that, that started the rest of the journey. That's awesome. Well, I fun story for you. Just this actually just yeah. happened a couple of days ago. So you've met my you've met my my two kids, right? I have I have yeah. I have Kira. I have Kira who's going to be seven, and I've got Rowan who's going to be five here at the end of the month. And we were reading a book about firefighters, and my son is obsessed with firefighters. And and in and in the book there was there was uh, you know a picture of some female firefighters, and he was like, "There are girl firefighters," and. Or and my, my daughter's like, yeah, of course there are. And my son was like, no, no, they're not. And I was like, yeah, you guys know, you guys know Kate from the kettlebell gym. That's what they call the athlete lab, the kettlebell gym, because you have all the bells there, the bells on the wall. They're like, they're like, yeah, I was like, she was a firefighter. And they're like, what? They were both like, so in awe, like they thought it was, my, da my daughter thought it was the coolest thing. She's like, I want to see that. I yeah, like, well, well, I was like, you can ask her about it the next time we see her because she's like, that is so cool. So it was, it was a really funny, it was really funny that they were, they were both like just jaws on the floor wide open. Like we know, we know somebody who was a firefighter. It's like, yep. Well, that's awesome. And thank goodness it's more the norm now these days too. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So then how long were you a firefighter with, uh, with St. Paul? Um, you know, only only four years. Um, I was starting to feel the pull uh, to go back into academic and more mental stimulation. Um, and so uh, I was just to the point where even though sort of the adrenaline rush and the calls and all the things that I learned and um, the job itself was was exciting, um, I was feeling a mental pull. Uh, needing more academic, um, I guess, towards the wellness route and so forth. So I nobody ever quits the police and fire department. Like you're there once yeah. you're on. And, and so that was a huge you your, deal. You get your pension, you get your 20 in, you get your pension. And like, <laughs> no, a, I wasn't it's, long enough. It's a good, I, well, I know, but that's what most people, mo for most people, right. It's like, oh, you, yeah. get, you get your 20, you get a good pension and it's like, mm -hmm. it's a good gig and it's, you know, it's a, it's an honorable job. It's a fun job. It's well-respected. It's generally well-paid. Right. So yeah, most yeah. people, once they're in, they don't, they don't go anywhere. They don't leave. Yeah. And I just, my heartstrings just kind of started going in a new direction. Um, and people thought I was crazy, but, um, you know, I just listened to what was guiding me and planned on it. Then I went to Northwestern health sciences, uh, to become, or to get my master's in acupuncture, um, and ended up graduating from there in 08 and had a practice for a while, uh, on Lexington Ave in, in Arden Hills. Um, and I mean, sort of twist and turning here. The first year in practice, I was needing to lease a space and I was with a chiropractic clinic and a massage therapist. So the three of us was, it was a really good match. Um, but the first year of practice, I, I needed out, like funds to help pay for rent and the supplies and the needles and everything like that. Um, so I, I thought to myself, how can I be, uh, how can I think on my feet here and, and bring in some extra revenue to just sort of supplement um, that first year building a practice? And I fell back on my fitness background. And those were the early years um, in 08 and 09 when boot camps were all the rage. Oh, yeah. And it honestly was the right place at the right time. I started boot camps outdoors in the park to fund my acupuncture practice. And that the boot camp business took off like wildfire and kind of unexpectedly. Um, and so I had both businesses going and I couldn't handle both of them. So I just decided, well, I'm making money and, you know, on the fitness side of things. So I just rolled with it. Um, and then over time, uh, over the course of that year, it happened so fast, um, ended up with a client base that was big enough to take the leap of faith to get a lease space. Nice. Um, yeah. So it just sort of serendipitous. 
Well, that's one way of looking at it. Some of it was certainly luck, but some of it was skill. And like, you you know, when there's a ton of boot camp businesses out there, you know, um, the people gravitate to the people who do it well. And you've always <laughs> been, you've always been really good at building community, obviously. So that that's obviously a strength of yours. You've got it. You've got an identity that's, so that's, that's very Thank cool. You. And when, so when was the, when was the first official opening of the first iteration of the athlete lab when it, cause you guys have been in business now over, over 10 years. So that's, yeah. you know, when did you first open? Oh gosh. Well, now it's year 13. And I honestly still think of the first, oh gosh. Um, it's amazing how things change because the build out was happening and our landlord had a set date, like it'll be done by this amount of time. And Midwest gymnastics also moved into the building that we're in now at the same time. So we all moved from a different location in Arden Hills. And, um, so we were all going through this build out phase and it was, it took longer than expected. So I had already sent out, uh, emails and, and like pr little promos that, that the first day opening was going to be, uh, you know, X date in January, <laughs> but, but the space wasn't done. So here we are in like warehouse dirt, <laughs> like no walls yet and whatever and I tell you that first group of people that stuck with me I mean we're literally like no lights dragging tires dirty as hell and um waiting for the build-up to get done so totally that was Spartan. the first iteration of it <laughs> nice yeah. and how big how big was that space um that was the front space with no there wasn't a tenant in there yet so it was I mean, it was this huge warehouse that was just unoccupied yet. Oh, and I nice. had, I had like my measly little 2,500 square feet or 2000 square feet in the back of the building, not ready yet. Um, so we just used empty, empty, dirty warehouse space. Yeah. For, <laughs> nice. for a few weeks. <laughs> nice. And then when, when did you decide that, um, you know, so the athlete lab is, is a cross CrossFit uh, affiliated gym. When did you decide to launch, um, the iron cycle? Well, first, I guess I should say, give people an, uh, the overview of what is iron cycle, right? The, the co-brand that, that is also that shares space with the athlete lab, but is kind of a different brand. Can you give people a little, a little bit of a background on what the iron cycle is? Yeah, um, just over the course of the years, I mean, we had been a CrossFit affiliate and um, uh, Michael and I kind of started thinking like, how can we diversify? And the, the original idea, to be honest, was to start um, Iron Cycle and then have multiple locations and go possibly nationwide. I mean, we're going to start in the Twin Cities area and it's much different than like a spin studio. We use real riders that move back and forth like a, like a road bike. Um, we don't dance on the bikes. It's more like great music, work hard, hit the hills, um, kind of no fuss, no muss. Plus we add in um, hit training uh, kettlebells and, and dumbbells in it. So different, definitely I would say the CrossFit of cycling, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so a different, a different culture. Um, and just like through twists and turns again, I mean, we just have the single location and, um, have had to morph through COVID as well. Now we're hybrid with people on zoom at the same time that real classes are going on, but essentially now it's the umbrella of the athlete lab. Like all our memberships now include people bopping back and forth, whichever, whatever they choose to do that day for fitness. Um, so we made it much more inclusive. And, um, I gotta say though, the cycling crowd, a num most of them are, are like like to bike and they don't venture too far from that um so it is a different culture but um i i want the gym people to walk through the same front door and decide um how they want to utilize their fitness are they going different. left or are they going right <laughs> yeah yeah essentially and really i mean there are i'd i try to encourage um people on the crossfit side of things to take an active recovery day and just hit hit a little bit of cardio and back off a little bit um you know i, lo I love i love that for crossfitters a day of active recovery is hey we're gonna do 30 minutes of hills followed by you know 20 to 30 minutes of, ke of kettlebell of kettlebell or dumbbell uh high intensity interval training but that's your deload day right that's your that's your active, just don't lift weights your active recovery day hey the good news is you're on your own bike and you can you know you can make it as loose as you want. <laughs> that That is, that is true. It is, it's, it's, it's great fun. It's a great, it's a great offering to it. Like, I mean, we've talked about this before, like you literally created the the kind of brand that I, that I always had in my head, which I, I loved the idea of a, of a cycle studio 
hybrid with a with a kettle mm-hmm. with a kettlebell training you know so like i love i love that idea and then you've got the functional training on the other side of the wall which is which is the athlete lab doing doing crossfit and you've got i mean you've got an awesome membership group there and you guys have you know really really strong really really strong coaches there as well so it's it's a fantastic space i can't wait uh for everybody to see it that that's coming to the to the kettlebell open the twin cities kettlebell open is going to be hosted at the athlete lab uh, kate and i are working out details on on that but that's been announced um i'm building out the website so that'll be that'll be done uh soon soon ish um, but <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, I'm really i'm really excited i'm really excited for everybody to see the space because it, it truly is an awesome awesome space and it is a great community i'm very grateful to to you for letting us uh, for letting us take over on uh, Saturday afternoon and, and throw some throw some kettlebells around. I very much appreciate that. Absolutely, absolutely. So now you you've talked a little bit about some of the pivots you guys had to make during COVID because obviously I mean COVID is uh, has really rocked everybody kind of to to their to their foundation. So what's kind of been the biggest hurdle or biggest challenge that you guys have faced since, since COVID? Maybe there's multiple. I guess there's there's probably been there's probably been a few waves of it for you. But what's mm-hmm. what's been kind of the biggest challenges that you guys have have had to face and what pivots you've had to make? Oh well, just like for many gyms and small businesses. Um, Last year, you had to go into problem solving mode big time um, and solutions mode. Um, So I would say probably the biggest challenge that's going to linger for a while is having to rebuild the membership just in general. Um, So and we're still in this phase of like, you know, vaccines now and people still have a little bit of trepidation. So it's not like um, it's easy to get new people in the door. It's a little bit of a trickle effect at this point. Um, so just the long-term effect of it is going to have to be rebuilding the membership base. Um, I will say though, that 2020 was probably ironically one of the best years for me personally, um, because such a slowdown. I, I was at the point where I was working 14 to 16 hour days and, having to hold down the fort and taking on so much. And when you're stuck in it as a business owner, and you might know this too, Jordan, but like you just do what you need to do. Right. Yeah. And you don't realize like how off beautiful balance. part of being an entrepreneur is you <laughs> get to decide what 14 hours of the day you're working. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, March came and every, the world shut down and so did I. (laughs) So, so in the midst of like the, I remember the first two weeks of the first COVID shutdown and a little bit of panic mode for all of us business owners, but we all went into, um, thank goodness, Michael's Mr. Mr. Tech guy. So we just (laughs) restructured, got on zoom, got our account set up, um, figured out filming, had to had to invest money in in uh, sort of the setup at the gym and keep everybody engaged. <laughs> My, and, Michael was Michael was probably like a kid in a candy store. Michael's Michael's Kate's <laughs> husband, by the way, for yeah. for people that don't know, and he's he's very much a very much a tech guy and uh, has a podcast himself and loves loves technology. So he was probably just loving like getting to play with all his toys and set up set up the new the new technology. It, it was unbelievable. And I honestly think about how lucky I got with that um, every single day. So um, that was the first pivot, right? Uh, just like many others. Um, we couldn't, let's see, it was spring, we couldn't be outside yet, sort of mm-hmm. even socially distancing. So everything was on zoom. And the engagement was was decent that first time around, um, because everyone was just desperate to stay working out yeah. um, and have an option. We lent out all of our equipment. Um, so the gym was virtually empty except for yeah. the, the things that I needed to keep for demoing purposes and, and that sort of thing. But I felt very fortunate that we have over the years now plenty of equipment to have accommodated everyone. Yeah, you guys, um, you guys, that was so that was so cool of you guys when you told me you guys were you were signing up a you know signing up a, an equipment checkout list for all of your members so people could continue to work out at home because at the time, like once the world went crazy, like you couldn't get kettlebells, you couldn't get barbells, you could, if you didn't already own them good luck because they were not coming from anywhere. So that was really, really like gracious of you guys and really great way to take care of your members, but, you know, setting up that system so that people could actually take workout equipment home. That was fantastic. Yeah. Just didn't even think twice about it. Um, 
And, uh, and then, you know, May and June rolled around. May was, we could finally get outside and uh, we used, um, I kind of had my flashback to the boot camp days because it was the same <laughs> park system that, I know it came, all came full circle. Um, and everyone was super patient. I mean, we had, we had to disperse equipment. So it was like, okay, everyone gets a dumbbell, a kettlebell, like sort of three things. And then anything left over, we did a second round, third round and so forth. So everything was a little bit scattered, but um, enough to enough to make workouts and um, do the outdoors thing. And then June, I, like a lot of it was super time consuming, like moving the equipment. Um, for a while we were in the lot. So mm. we, we dragged out all um, the extra black um, horse stall mats and had spots out in the back um, alleyway, and then all the move, all the equipment got moved in the garage. So, behind the scenes, it took up a ton of time just to manage all of that. Yeah, um, that had to just be your daily workout. Like you're gonna take you're yeah. gonna take 14 barbells outside and a few a few hundred pounds of plates for each of those locations, and like that's that in and of itself is is labor intensive and exhausting. Yeah, it was, we had, I mean, we got it all organized and thank goodness for that garage and we can open the, the door up and we had a system down. But then when we got to be able to come inside for the first time, it's, it's weekends worth of getting those, the, all that equipment back into where it was. Um, yeah. So, uh, and you know, everything has been working out, out great. I, so in the process of all that, I circling back to it being actually a very good year for me mentally and physically, um, because everything uh, quieted down and slowed down so much, it allowed me to take a step back, give myself a rest because I needed it more than I realized, um, but also opened my headspace up to finally implement the things and the culture that we had been playing with for the last few years and it just wasn't happening. We like, we just kept getting wrapped back up into the business. Right. Yeah. So, um, you got to work on the, the business instead of just yes. being in the business. Absolutely. So it was a year of complete restructuring, um, and dialing things back. I mean, all businesses had to sort of trim the fat from the outside and just really condense things. Our class schedule is perfect right now in a sense of, um, there's no extra fluff. All classes mm. are are decently um, full. We've got the space to accommodate with 100 square feet per person. Um, but everything is like refined and pared down to what uh, the revenue is now and what our capabilities we have now. So it actually helped dial those things in on the back end. Um, and then I got a chance to think about what culture can come out of this whole thing. And especially health-wise now more than ever, it's like, if the light bulb hasn't gone in, gone on about one's personal health at this point, yeah. I, I don't know what's going to. If you're, not, if you're not aware that you need to take care of your own personal wellness to avoid, I don't know, say COVID um, yeah. or major, major complications from COVID. Um, I don't know what else is going, what else it's going to take. Absolutely. So, you know, and, and not to say that there's not some, you know, we still need to kind of get through, I'd say probably another four to six more months before things maybe feel back to life again fully. But um, that that allowed me to go back to this idea of, I guess, back to being at Northwestern Health Sciences, kind of this holistic approach. And, and that was kind of what I've wanted from the start and done from the start, but not really fully defining it. Um, until now we have five pillars of functional health care. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll, do you have them mm -hmm. off the top of your head and rattle them yeah. off? Let's, let's go. Yeah. Let's talk about yeah. them. Um, number one is a happy fitness experience. Um, number two is healthy joints. Number three is eating for longevity. Number four is brain power. And number five is relationships. Um, so I, that, that's helpful for me as, as an owner now to have this platform to stand on and generate and evolve everything surrounding those five pillars. Um, so it's way more than a CrossFit gym at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. I love, I love that. I love that framework. And when, when I saw your guys' launch of the, I don't want to, should I call it a rebrand or like, yeah. it, I mean, well, it was, I mean, it was always part of your identity, but it was really just like the first time that you had like, like distilled it down and rendered it explicit. Like, this is what, what we're, what we're really about, you know, and these are, these are the pillars that we stand for. But like, once I saw that, I, I, I told you, like, I love this. Like, I think this is, I think this is 
phenomenal. Um, cause there are so many, there are so many parts of it that, um, are kind of implied, but not really talked about and not really, not really focused on, uh, especially in, in, you know, in the fitness space, there are a lot of places that we don't, we don't talk about the importance of your brain, for example, right? We don't talk about Absolutely. brain health. Like you don't see gyms talking about brain health very often. They're, they're talking about, you know, your, your wellness. They're talking about, you know, moving your body. It's plenty of talk about the nutrition component, but you don't hear them talking about brain power. You don't hear people talking about the importance of relationships and community. You don't hear people talking about making fitness fun, right? That's that's super different, right? Especially, you know, for somebody coming from a boot camp, you know, the boot camp background, like you remember how that was in the in the you know, whatever 2010s or late 20, late 2000s when it was like, there were boot camps where they would literally scream at you and like make it like boot camp. And it was like, I never understood why that was a thing, but there, there are places where it's like, if you don't puke, you're not working hard enough. If you're not like, yeah, and I, like, I just don't, I don't get that. Like, so, I, don't know. I never I resonated with that. I was never, it was never kind of my, like, I'm, I'm all for a hard workout. Don't get me wrong. But like, for a purpose and for you know like i i it has to be fun longitudinally fun like not every workout is going to be fun obviously but you know yeah. uh so which which of these did, did it like take the most time to like fully articulate the the philosophy yeah. behind that's a good question um i think it was they were all sort of percolating in my head i just couldn't get the like the verbiage out mm. because I could feel, I could feel what I wanted to stand for, but I think it took 2020 and quieting down all of, all the commotion of running the business for me to finally have the, the ability to articulate things. So I, I would say, um, and maybe it has a little bit to do with what I value personally for myself to keep me mentally and physically um, feeling 100% every day for the most part. I'm not saying I don't have a bad night's sleep here and there or, or I'm feeling off on certain days, but it's like, what does it take to feel your best self? Like really either your alarm goes off and you can just jump out of bed and feel energetic or, and feel like you're, or you're productive for the day. Um, or you start waking up before your alarm, which is even better. Um, but sort of the principles that help me feel optimal and how can I bring that into the culture? Um, but then also one of the things that I think about for myself and for other people that we serve is thinking about what is your life gonna be like three decades from now, let's say, what quality of life do you want, right? So you gotta do the work now and you gotta prioritize it. Otherwise it's going to catch up with you and you, and I'm preaching to the choir right now, but. Oh yeah. It's, um, I mean, it's part of my, part of my thing is I measure success in decades, not in, not in weeks, months, or, or even years. Right. Like I, yes. I measure, uh, this one I'm looking at is decades. I want to be doing this. I want to be the guy that's like 90 years old and still lifting kettlebells and still playing with his grandkids and great grandkids. And like, you know, they're like, we're burying that guy with a kettlebell. Cause he just never, <laughs> he just absolutely. never stopped lifting them. Yeah, and, and this idea of having to depend on somebody else, uh, whether it's in a nursing home or to change my diapers, <laughs> like, no thanks, I, I will do everything I possibly can to avoid living like that. Yeah. And, and I, I want that light bulb to go on for other people, like, it's that crucial, it's that crucial. I agree, and that's the thing that's, I think, um, that I love about this so much is it's so... Um, I don't want to, maybe I shouldn't, I don't want to paint CrossFit with a, a broad brush, but there is definitely, there are definitely pockets within CrossFit that longevity is not focused on, especially in the high-end competitive athletes, right? Like they're sacrificing some longevity in order to compete at a, at a, at a high level. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that if that's your goal. But I think there's a, an ethos within a lot of, a lot of people where it's like, oh, that's what they think of, that CrossFit is about. And mm -hmm. I don't think that that's necessarily true because I think you're showing like your, your, your athlete base or your client base shows you have, you have people across the entire age spectrum, right? Like within, mm -hmm. within your clientele. So, um, I'm, I'm really, I really love the thread uh, that longevity is really the, the thread that ties all of these, all of these things together. Um, mm -hmm. What are you guys doing in the, in the, the healthy, the healthy and happy joints space, right? Like yeah. that, that's, what are you guys, what are you guys doing there? Because that's a, that's a big part of it. Oh gosh. And you know, I'll be 45 next week and, um, oh, happy just, birthday. Nope. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but you know, now you, you just realize how, and not to say, I guess that I 
didn't feel like that before because we've always had really comprehensive joints and, and dynamic warmups, never, never just putting somebody into a workout, not prepping for what we're doing that day. So I guess just intuitively, it was always the right thing to do. But, um, you know, I had gotten uh, functional range conditioning certified last summer. And because of all the start and stop of closing, opening and all these pivots, finally, if that, that we're settled in now, I'm able to, to focus on, on what I got certified with. And that's, um, that is really hitting uh, capsular mobility and rotational uh, functional um, functional abilities and keeping your joints safe. So uh, now I do private training uh, for, for that specifically. People with tight hips don't have internal or external rotation. Now they have back pain. Now they have knee pain because it starts in the capsule. Hmm. Um, so that specifically I got um, certified with um, last summer. We also encourage the coaches and everyone's really on board as far as my team is concerned, just really doing comprehensive warmups. And um, if we've got a, an upper body heavy, well, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get the PVCs out. We're gonna do dynamic stretching. We're gonna work bands. We're gonna like yeah. So um, healthy joints in, in a class setting is I would say we do a good job of being as comprehensive as possible. And then those that need some special help, um, if they've been sitting, you know, you see it sitting at the desk for a decade and you can't yeah. get the shoulder past this, this position. So now we need some more individualized yeah. help. My shoulder, my shoulder hurts. I can't do this. Like, yeah, well, your shoulder hurts because your lats are rigid and because your, mm -hmm. because your T-spine doesn't move. And yeah. 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 Definitely, definitely yeah. See a lot of that. So there's definitely accommodations that have to be made in the in the group setting, um, just on the spot to keep people safe, but uh, still feel accomplished um, for what they can do. Um, but then some just nudging people in, in a few private sessions to get them some some individualized homework that needs to be done to start getting things to open up. It's amazing how big of a difference you can make very, very quickly, though, too, when mm -hmm. you can take somebody who has a dysfunction caused most that they're feeling in a joint that's mostly caused by soft tissue, you know, soft tissue supporting that that just needs to be either mobilized and or activated or strengthened. Um, and you can get people out of dysfunction and out of pain relatively quickly compared to like how long it takes to lose weight, for example, <laughs> like you can give people um, almost immediate relief or see, you know, almost immediate improvement. And like that, that makes such a huge difference in how people feel just in their body and in a day to day, like it's amazing going into a workout and not having your shoulder hurt if it was hurting before or like squatting and being like, Hey, my knee doesn't hurt when I squat, apparently squats don't hurt my knees anymore. Like those right. types of breakthroughs are fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, and again, kind of going back to the longevity side of things, you know, circling back to what you were saying, I love it. Measuring fitness in, in decades, that's, that's a perfect way to say it. So of course you wouldn't want to work out and you'd be frustrated if something hurt all the time. And then, and then it might just go downhill from there. You just don't ever go work out and, and join a gym again. And then all of a sudden you're 65. I mean, that's not, that's not the goal. So, yeah. um, so as far as CrossFit is concerned, you, you know, those early years of it being, having the hardcoreness and yes it, it certainly went in in a direction of like changing the landscape of fitness I think everyone it tend in those earlier years it tended to attract sort of the hard hitters kind of people yeah. um but then now over the course of two decades over two decades all of the gyms have have evolved um to smart smart training I mean we I mean, just to give an example, um, tomorrow's workout is slow and we have heart rate monitoring now um, in the gym that we implemented in January. And specifically, I want people to stay in the green zone and maybe hit a little bit of yellow, but keep it pared down for that's um, zone, zone three and zone four for, for people, right? Zone three is like right below anaerobic threshold and zone four is kind of teetering on that anaerobic threshold, mm -hmm. right back and forth. Mm -hmm. Is that, yeah. that right? Yeah, and um, and that's been a game changer for for us as a gym, um, and for individuals who have seen now what their heart rate is doing, which either is too far in one extreme, mm. or or the other, yeah. and how the zones now they're seeing that some are not developed well enough, yeah. um, and and that's been a big turning point for us. Yeah, that's a huge. That's so huge because it tie it also ties to your eating for longevity pillar because mm -hmm. um, one thing that that people if they're training at super high intensities all the time mm -hmm. and not eating um, say enough carbohydrates for example their body starts to metabolize their hormones and then their hormones get crushed and they're like but wait I don't understand why I continue to feel terrible like I I increased my my 
my wads. I increased my hit. I like, I, I'm working out harder than I ever have. And I, and I feel worse and worse and worse. It's like, well, yeah, because you're always redlining and you're not giving mm-hmm. your body the fuel it needs for the redlining. And you also, you can't just redline all the time. Right. So like implementing, exactly. implementing heart rate training is, is, is fantastic. And then fueling appropriately for the type of workouts that you're doing is, is fantastic. So, um, Touch, touch on the eating for longevity piece of that, like, mm-hmm. and how that, and how that ties, like, how do you, how are you guys going about nutrition education? Because that's such a, that's such a huge piece as well. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it's, it's going to be paleo for the most, I mean, CrossFit's per- prescription. If you were to go to the level one train, it would be like eat, eat meat, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, no sugar, little starch. Um, you know, and, and I can sprinkle in, make sure you get a good enough fats. Primal, primal eating w- might um, bring in uh, raw, or uh, organic dairy for for those that feel okay on Greek yogurt and and that sort of thing. So expanding beyond um, beyond this. Also, it's not like strict paleo. It's more it's it's like yes, you can have rice to fuel your workouts and and it, potatoes are fine. Um, but sort of that in that little uh, world, let's say yeah. he- healthy searches. Um, yeah, so, so it's, it's like it's like quality based more so. Like pa- paleo kind of is now it's been become such a. <laughs> Uh, market marketing terms kind of bastardized like at this point mm-hmm. like it's it's such a there's so many misnomers about what it actually means so it's yes. like it seems like like you're talking about quality whole foods of mm-hmm. the right kind and type for what your body needs basically is and and moving those carbohydrate sources closer mm-hmm. to your workouts right either pri- prior or after right is that kind of the, the yeah. distilled down version of the simplified version of it I mean, and even timing is like super secondary for most clients. And you might find this too. Like we just need to start eating quality foods and get enough protein in you. Um, so that's usually the first order of business. Um, you know, you want to think again, going back to like decades from now, you don't want to be frail and have osteopenia either. Mm. So what do you need to be eating now alongside your weight training and, um, your rest days and, whatever fitness you're doing to maintain, um, you know, healthy density in your bones, um, uh, maintain your lean body mass and that sort of thing. So some missing links, and you would find this too, probably in your clients, we've talked about this before is like, like people aren't eating enough protein, <laughs> like the building blocks. Yeah. Um, so there's that piece of it. Um, and by no means do we ever, um, emphasize, you know, restriction and, this word diet, I suppose. Um, I usually when it's nowhere on your, it's nowhere on your website, right? It's, it's all about eating for longevity, eating for health, eating for wellness. Like it's just your eating plans, right? Like, I don't think you guys mentioned diet at all on your website anywhere, which is great. I eat like a human. (laughs) <laughs> human should i don't know yeah. <laughs> we have to be careful with that but. i know <laughs> there's lots of uh there's lots of um opinions out with food i know that um yeah. so so yeah and you know some people are data type people so they need the whole macro thing they need the the fitness pal tracking for a little bit others that freaks them I out feel attacked right now <laughs> why, why? <laughs> some of those data people really need their macros and <laughs> you you know i'm a data nerd so it's it's fine i'm just teasing <laughs> yeah yeah it's and it's super helpful like i'll it's i'll go in waves of like yeah i should probably dial things in and start tracking and then get a handle on that for a little bit and then not do it anymore and you know some and sometimes people just need to track for a week or two just to mm-hmm. kind of see what the missing gaps are um you all know, things so, in phases, right? Phases and seasons. Yeah. I'm hu- I'm huge on that. So like, it, yeah, you don't have to track for forever. Track when it's useful for mm-hmm. you. Yep. Yeah. So and, eating for longevity. Um, make it what the manageable habits. The the um also understanding what food does hormonally. That's huge, actually. Mm. People people have this sort of, um, I guess, micro view of food as just like, you know, calories in calories out, eat this, not that. Um, so over the years in, in seminars that I would give like nutrition seminars, I'm actually talking about hormones and what food does to your hormones. Cause that's yeah. the magic right there. Yeah. Um, that's the secret one, sauce. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
the block the block and keys right for i mean the key the keys and blocks that that unlock all of the all of the things that make your metabolism work like that's that's really what metabolism is when people talk about metabolism it is the sum of literally trillions of of chemical reactions in your body that are happening simultaneously but mm-hmm. all of those are mediated by your hormones they're all mediated by your hormones yeah 100% and it's pretty it's not so difficult to like I don't know. I don't, I know people struggle and there's a lot of uh, psychology behind it too. So, so everyone has their own personal story, but when your hormones are, are dialed in and they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, you're smooth sailing through the day. Yeah. And yeah. So the, 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 um, the goal would, would get people to that level. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I, I, I kind of, I, I distill it down to, to several, to several easy things. I'm like, are you hungry? Are you horny? Are you sleeping? <laughs> right? those, totally. are kind of, those are kind of those are kind of your big things that, that show like and do you have energy, right? Do you have energy when you're not sleeping, right? Like those are kind of your your big things that show you if your hormones are are in are in check, you know. But I uh, absolutely love it. Yes. <laughs> Good markers. <laughs> And now you're, I love the, 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 when we talk about the brain power thing, it's actually pictures of food too, right. That you show in the shape, in the shape of, in the shape of a brain, when you, when you talk about brain power, because you guys are talking about, again, the tie, like all of these are interconnected, which I, which I love, right. So you're talking about the eating for longevity involves eating things that fuel your brain. Right. So what, what are the keys there? Yeah, actually, well, and I'm trying to think, Jamie is our social media gal. She just does such a great job. Um, so definitely food is, is part of brain power, uh, good fats and um, feeding your neurotransmitters and that sort of thing and preventing Alzheimer's and, and such. Um, uh, but, but brain power also is how are you sleeping? What are your sleep habits? Um, do you have brain fog during, during the day? Um, also brain power uh, in our in kind of our messaging is like, what do you feed your brain with? Whether it be social media, the shows that you're watching, mm. um, the commentary that yeah, you're the, you're you, looping you said around. Something about the, the social media, the social media diet. What's your social media diet? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and those like that. That I actually, I was like, oh, they use diet, and I actually like this term because it was it was all about like, what are you consuming from a social <sighs> media standpoint? That's huge. I mean, and I know that's a big conversation in the health and wellness you know, circle. Um, but it's really, you know, and I think a lot of people, a lot of my friends do, we've talked about this is like, wow, I really just, A, we, uh, we don't watch TV. If we do watch TV, it's usually a documentary where we're learning something. Um, so I don't get too wrapped up in like the latest Netflix series or anything like that. That's actually, it stresses me out. I don't, I haven't watched the news in about five years. Um, Mm. I, I don't, I probably have checked out maybe I don't want to say too much, but I only find out when things happen by like passing conversations um, that could be seen as like ignorant. Um, but I'm also taking, uh, for me, I can control what's in my sphere of influence and be the person that I'm striving to be for others. Mm. I don't know, I, I can't control the world. Um, <laughs> And so I've chosen to put that outside of my sphere, sphere like toxic news and and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's um, kind of a measure of self care too, right? Like because mm-hmm. because if it's if it's a source of anxiety for you to consume things that you you know consume information about things that you can't change, and it gives you just baseline anxiety all the time. Like I don't know if that's I don't know if that's healthy. Um, yeah, that, that's just a personal choice. I, you know, but for each, each individual, you know, just taking stock and like, what, what am I waking up to each morning? What does my morning actually start with? Is it my phone or is it uh, a journal or, you know, um, so brain power expands even more than food, uh, yeah. really. And think of, you know, if you're not, I guess, mentally taking care of yourself too, it's really hard to get to the gym that can be an outlet for you. Yeah. So so both physically and mentally, you know, I guess brain power encapsulates um, really a lot of, of components, which I, you know, we were going to um, use the word mindset, but, but mindset has sort of been platted, like, it kind of feels like a platitude, like, okay, yeah. it's been overused. And I, and I was like, ah, I understand the term, but we need something that has more depth to it and resonates on a deeper level than just this idea of mindset per se. No, I I like, I like it because mindset doesn't, doesn't 
to me incorporate the elements of food intake and mm-hmm. right it doesn't it doesn't incorporate like like you're talking about the social media and the the things that you choose to consume there as well as mindset and as well you know as well as your your spirituality as well as your community your relationships right like those all you know those all those all tie in and um and that's that's the other pillar that we haven't really touched on yet which is the the relationships component mm-hmm. which um i know you I, I you know i mentioned earlier like i feel like one of your great strengths since i've known you is how great you are at connecting to your community and like mm-hmm. how much community matters to you so what what is the relationships pillar that that you know what all does that what all does that encompass when you're when you're talking about your relationships pillar yeah um but the first one that comes to mind and the reason why um we, we were going to use community, but then uh, Michael and I had a discussion and he had brought up, he's, he's like, you know, instead of community, let's use relationships. And because he's like, we can get broader with them, with that term too. Mm. And the way I see it, the first You wanted to be included. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's surprisingly, the first thing on my mind as far as relationships is concerned is the relationship you have with yourself mm. first. So that. Um, that has to happen um, and be taken care of and prioritized before you can create healthy relationships with others. So um, I like to think of it as like, you know, people show up at the gym and I want them to feel like it's now we're dedicated to themselves and they, they have a, a chance to um, focus on themselves and do something healthy, uh, not get interrupted um, and be able to walk out the door um, feeling like they've accomplished something and, and they just, you know, can carry a, a place of confidence um, for the rest of the day and so forth. So first off, the relationship you have with yourself and that a lot has to happen outside of the gym too. Um, that goes back to a lot of the other pillars. Yeah. Um, and then and then it's the friends that you make, you know, at any, in any gym community, the people you resonate with um, that keep you um, supported and encouraged. That's, that's our culture um, at the Athlete Lab. I mean, my gosh, I no judging whatsoever. People are just, you know, super thrilled that you know, walk walk through the front door, um, and that's a big step. So, yeah. um, the coach, the coaches are really intuitive and have really great like emotional intelligence to read a room and to read individuals um, to create that that trust. Um, and then, you know, kind of that that third component of relationships is trying to support local businesses. You know, we're kind of in this pocket uh, of the Twin Cities where things are now starting to get more, more built up in apartments and a little bit more, um, you know, some new restaurants have popped up, but it's not like a downtown, you know, St. Paul and stuff where things are right at our our front step. But I do try to create relationships with the local, um, other local small businesses and collaborate um, with them and help support each other. So there's a few components behind that pillar. Um, And uh, uh, yeah, I feel like, I feel like we're, um, now kind of that we've gotten our stride back, back in the gym. And hopefully this is, this is the end of, of everything that's changed. Um, and we can move forward that now it's just easier to have that, that daily contact. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So to recap for everybody, the five, the five pillars of functional healthcare from the athlete lab are relationships, brain power, eating for longevity, healthy joints, and a happy fitness experience. Yeah. Right. So I can, I can personally attest if you go to the athlete lab, you will get covered in those five pillars because that's, oh. that's really what they've distilled their, their, it's like a, it's like a, I was thinking of trying to think what's the analogy for it. I was like, you know what it was like, like COVID was the COVID was the the heat that you apply to the bottom of the pan to make a nice reduction sauce. Like you reduced, you distilled everything yeah. down, right. You concentrated all of the flavor to make this wonderful, you know, it's, it was always there, but like the, the pressure and heat of, of COVID, like you guys, just reduced everything down to its essential essence and now it's this just the the this fantastic creation that that really incorporates everything into like a nice symmetry like that's that's really what I think you guys have done over the course of the last year and I, I love I mean I I've, I've always been a big fan of of, of you guys' space and your brand and everything and I just love seeing you guys like really really figure out this rebrand and hone in on this message because I think it is it's it's so it's so awesome and I think it's I think it's honestly it's perfect I think it's fantastic I really do oh gosh that's that's I really take that that metaphor that is that is exactly how it feels um and I appreciate you kind of thinking about it in those terms it's really (laughs) that really resonated with me I love it thank you well, Kate, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to to come on. Um, and I, I love to leave I love to leave uh, 
one last question um, that is kind of my, my favorite to ask people. And it's if you had to give one tip um, to somebody who's just starting out on their fitness journey, like somebody who's just starting out and you could only tell them one piece of advice, um, what would that one piece of advice be for somebody that's just starting out and wants to live healthier? Oh gosh. I mean, it sounds so cliche, but just, uh, you gotta, you gotta just let go of all, all the fear and this idea of judgment and people looking at you. It's just not like that when you find a good place to be. Mm -hmm. Um, so I mean, again, cliche, like you just got to start and it's square one and, um, and then give it, give it 90 days, give it three months and you'll realize how far you can come in 90 days. Um, I love it. So yeah, it's just, it's just, you just put the first step forward. Yeah. That's Everybody it. had a day one at some point. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, yep. that is, I love that because it, I, that is one of the, one of the best things uh, that you guys have as far as your, as far as your community is it's so welcoming to everybody. You walk in that door and you just, you just feel the energy. So I Thank can't you. wait. I can't wait for everybody uh, that comes to the Twin Cities Kettlebell Open to, to feel that energy and to get a chance to meet Kate and see the space that she's built. Um, where should they follow you on social media? How can they get in touch with you for people that are local? Um, how can they sign up for classes and for the, for the hybrid classes, can it be people that, that just have a, a bike anywhere can, can do hybrid classes? That's a good question. Um, we have, we lent out, uh, we have like 15 real riders out, uh, out in the outskirts of the North Metro. So, um, but yeah, I don't see why a normal bike wouldn't, wouldn't work as too well. I mean, you just, you can hear the music through the stream and, um, that actually could work. You could contact, I mean, there's a direct contact page on the website and we can, we can map out those details for anybody that might be interested for sure. Um, Awesome. And um, Instagram is at the Athlete Lab. Very simple. Um, our website has all the links to book a free intro to come in and get your questions um, answered and, and help you feel comfortable, um, as well as direct contact to me. Um, and then we have a three for free on cycling as well. Uh, we don't usually do free classes for for um, sort of the CrossFit side because I like to meet with people first and see what what goals they have and kind of where they're coming from. And then we help help with with that transition um, yeah. a little bit more hands on. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. That makes that makes complete sense. Thank you so much. And it's theathletelab.com. I will put links in the episode notes as well. So um, Kate, thank you so much for, for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. And um, I look forward to talking with you more and I will get you the link as soon as uh, the episode is ready to is ready to go live. Thank you so much, Jordan. Appreciate it. Have a good day. You too. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Platform Podcast. I'm Jordan Kundi Wright. If you have a question, please email me at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub, on Twitter at TCKBClub, online at TwinCitiesKettlebellClub.com, and please help us grow our reach and give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time.